We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Everyone to our WrestleMania-themed episode of the Geek-Centric Podcast. My name is Kevin Hudson, and on today's card, we're going to preview our most anticipated matches for this year's WrestleMania. And we're going to take a look at the world of professional wrestling in general, like only a bunch of geeks can. Before we jump in the ring, though, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. And for the first time ever, we are exclusively taking a look at just how geeky wrestling can be. Joining me on today's program, coming down to the ring, making his first geek-centric appearance, we have the legend killer, the dirtiest player in the game, the show-off, the show-stopper, the phenom of podcasts. He's David Portman of the Up Next Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Kevin, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so, so good. I'm so glad to have you. We have the king of wrestling podcasts on the show, so it's a true honor. Yeah, I've been listening to you guys for a while and obviously been uh, friends with you for a a long time before that. So this is exciting. You've come to my house, if if it were, like you've been on Up Next a couple of times and now it's time to to visit Geek Centric and I'm very excited. It's almost crazy it took this long, but I just I felt there was a perfect show to get you on for that was coming eventually. And here it is. So I'm super happy to have you and staring him down from across the ring making his long-awaited return to the GCPC. We have the big dog of the yard, the dead man, the phenom himself. We have Mike, don't ever compare me to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you all right, mate? How are you doing? So good to see you, man. So good to see you. Hanging in there? Yeah, just about. Yeah, and yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can't complain, yeah. right? Yeah, just exactly. Getting by day to day, and when you have a fun week uh, like WrestleMania ahead, it's always sort of... Uh, helps to get through especially times like this obviously i wish that uh, we were live and in person sort of getting ready to attend the events together as we've done so many times over the last few years but uh you know at least we can get together and chat like this right yeah of course this is bringing some wrestlemania feeling and excitement to me more this this feels right you know seeing you two actually seeing you two being able to talk in a couple of days before talking about the card yeah this feels right we just need to be on a, right. a sunny street in America somewhere. You know, with a with a beverage in our hand. Just isn't it weird how a year ago, going into an empty arena WrestleMania, everyone was feeling low about it. It didn't feel like WrestleMania. And now we're so used to this kind of world where we live socially through Zoom and the internet and stuff because we haven't been able to see people. This does kind of feel close. This does feel like we're in Tampa right now, meeting up, and I haven't seen you for a while. And it's it's kind of scary how that that feeling is, how adapted we have become since last year. But it's WrestleMania season, baby. So I, I'm glad, right. glad to get in the spirit. I, I think the only thing missing is this would typically be about day two or three on the trip. So I'd be extremely hungover at this point, <laughs> having a few hairs of the dogs to sort of work my way back into uh, a good mood. So You wouldn't have got uh, your mania legs on yet. No, exactly. Kelly would still be in bed sleeping, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> 
but before we jump into uh, some questions and a lot of fun, uh, Dave, why don't we start with you? Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the Geek-Centric listeners, sort of tell them a little bit about yourself, who you are, where they can find you, maybe some of your geeky interests in the world of sports, entertainment, and all things pop culture. And then uh, even really quickly, why don't you let everyone know how you first got into wrestling? Sure, yeah. Uh, my name's Davey Portman. I'm the co-host of a show called Up Next uh, with my my housemate, Braden Harrington, uh, where we do a weekly WWE NXT review. And over the last kind of two years, we've expanded. We've started covering AEW. We've gone back looking at previous events, uh, old wrestling from all over the world. And move into kind of geek culture as well. We reviewed every single Star Wars film, including the Hollywood, uh, sorry, the holiday special. We're working our way through the Batman films now on our Patreon. We do all kinds of random movies. Um, so that's mainly what I do now. Um, I live in Toronto, but I am from the UK. I'm from London. Uh, I moved here just about five years ago. My background is mainly acting and theatre. I trained in drama. And yeah, and I guess that's where my kind of love of wrestling comes from. For me, I've never really seen it as a sport. So it's the word fake has always been a weird thing for me because I've always just seen it as art. It's always been theatre, pantomime, dance, stage fighting, whatever. It's always been that to me. And I think that's what immediately drew me to it in I guess it would have been around 1999. That's a great time to have gotten into it. It was pretty much at its peak, right? So oh, yeah. You were you joined at the pin, pinnacle. So, uh, uh, Mike, how about uh, we get you? I'm going to allow you to reintroduce yourself. Uh, so, again, remind viewers who you are, where they can find you, some of your interests, and how you got into wrestling. Right. I'm Mike Hogan. Uh, I can be found on Twitter and lurking on the Up Next Twitch, uh, at Hogan Bay. Uh I have known you guys for, well, Kev, it's our nine-year anniversary of knowing one another. Isn't that something, eh? Yeah, crazy. And Davey, it's about seven years. It'll be seven, 30. yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's been the joy of, of traveling and going to WrestleManias that has allowed us to be in this position. As you say, you know, it, it does feel close now. This is the new normality, in a way, and but it is a positive seeing friends. Uh, I got into wrestling when I was, I think I was three years old. Um, I was taken to Florida, Disney World, and it was the WCW MGM tapings. I can't say I remember much of it, but I do remember Johnny B. Bad coming out, and the ring was on like a stage in a circle, and God bless Johnny B. Bad, man. I mean, if, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be so into wrestling, and ever since then, <laughs> I was hooked. Uh, yeah, so that, that's now 27 years of fandom, and uh, for some reason, I'm still sticking with it. <laughs> well, clearly we're all passionate about wrestling. Um, for myself, it was something that my uncle and I used to watch. Uh, I remember Saturday afternoons on the couch when I was five years old. Um, and then it was something that I got really into with my brother Kelly as we were growing up. Um, as our interest grew, it led us to start traveling across North America to actually attend WrestleMania every year. Um, but after a few years, it became far less about the wrestling and more about the friends that we'd met along the way and sort of the, the adventures we'd have in various cities across the country. In terms of the friends that we've met, that includes you two, obviously. Um, so, guys, what is it about WrestleMania weekend that just is so special and is, is something that dri drives us to travel to every single year? Well, when we were able to, at least. Uh, I mean, it's it's so many things. Um, the first time I, I went to WrestleMania, I went completely on my own. I didn't know anyone there. And I was just um, 
yeah, kind of meeting people who were staying at my hostel or meeting people at bars and stuff like that. Um, so the first time round, it was definitely to tick something off a bucket list. It was to say I've gone to a WrestleMania because I've I've been a wrestling fan all my life. And the idea of going to New Orleans was very attractive to me. Now it's about more than just the, the wrestling. It is about seeing the people. Um, but it is also knowing that despite how bad the product may be, you're expecting something big to happen. You're expecting everyone to try and go out there and put on their best work. So isolated, you can watch the show even if you've been checked out of wrestling for a long time. And the spectacle of it, um, just the, the visual and everything is enough to feel special and entertain you. Um, so it's a lot of things. I think if I was going this year, I think the card for a lot of the shows would be very attractive to me and one of the drawing powers. Um, but I think the people, the friends, seeing a new city or revisiting a city you love, uh, that's a big part of it for me. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely something in the air at WrestleMania's, I feel. Um, if you're lucky enough to go with people, that adds a lot to it. But I didn't go with anyone I knew at my first WrestleMania. I went with family and it was just the feeling of being there, the spectacle of it, the size, the scale of it. There's just something about it. And it, as Davey said, no matter how bad the product is, you know you're expecting an elevated performance from those on the card. And you do look at it through a different lens. It's different to if you attend a Raw or a SmackDown or a pay-per-view live, it's WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, I, there is that about it. But obviously we've been lucky. We've made good friends and it is about more so about the trips and what have you. It's as much as this year's card is great. And that would be a factor. We'd probably go because we know we're going to have a good time. We'll make a good time of it. Uh, and that's, I can't wait to get back, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. Just uh, something about being in a building with 70,000 plus screaming fans, the adrenaline, the enthusiasm. It's You get swept away and then it's just really special to be a part of. So let's actually focus on some in-ring stuff now. What are some of the your favorite moments that you've witnessed live at a WrestleMania? Uh, I would probably go with, uh, from Mania 31, uh, Seth cashing in at the end of the show. I walked into that building, a massive Roman Reigns guy. I had a Roman banner. I'm still a Roman Reigns guy, but I didn't mind Roman not winning the title that night. It, it was a great match, and we'll get into it a bit later in a bit more detail. But just the surprise of Seth coming out, I, it was sort of rumoured, but I don't think anyone expected it, and that was a perfect booking there. It was a, a, a WrestleMania moment. Um, other than that, I'd probably go with Roxena 1 at WrestleMania 28, just because I've never seen 70,000 people all behind the same person with so much energy, and everyone left that building happy at the end of the day. That was def that definitely made my list of, of top memorable moments. Uh, you know, just seeing Cena, and I had so much hatred for him as a character at the time, so to see somebody finally beat him in a big match like that did feel special. And yeah, and the stranger behind me, I, I, I'm i good friends with him now, but uh, we met because of our joint hatred for Cena throughout the night, and to end up hugging this complete stranger in just pure joy and elation, and you know, get, ending up with a friendship out of it is, is a memory that stands out. And I will also just tack on that I 
had the very fortunate privilege of being two seats over from you when that Seth moment happened and uh-huh. happened to be filming. <laughs> and so I actually got to capture that moment on film for you as you and uh, our friend Charles there, basically, again, hugging each other in just pure joy and elation. It was, it was pretty special to witness. There, I may have ended up on my seat then jumping up and down. No. Not to be confirmed, uh, just a rumor. That might have happened. <laughs> uh, Davey, how about you? Yeah, that that Seth one definitely is one for me. Uh, I was there in my Rollins T-shirt as well that night. I remember uh, him losing earlier in the night and me kind of cheering because I thought, why why would he lose? Why would he lose unless he's going to cash in later? But then you get so swept up in the actual match that when it does happen, you've kind of forgotten about Seth. It's one of the best live uh, live moments for sure. Uh, but WrestleMania 30, that was my first WrestleMania. And there there were a handful of moments on that show, I would say. Um, the opening just with, uh, with Rock and Hogan and Austin, uh, that was incredible live. Um, the, the whole Daniel Bryan yes movement was incredible. But being there for the end of the streak uh as i kind of said earlier about theater and i don't want to sound kind of all wanky but that's we were there for the for the end of a story that went on for 23 years in this soap opera or whatever it 23 years of this story being built of undertaker not losing at wrestlemania and then when it happened to stun kind of 70,000 people into silence. Like, I've I've been in theatres of, like, like, Olivier Award-winning plays, Tony Award-winning plays, and that moment was up there with some of them from the, the just crowd feeling of it. Um, and I think they... Because when you're there live, you don't have the benefit of commentary. So you watch it on TV and you believe it's happened. It's, oh my God, one, two, three, the streak is over. The streak is over. Watching it on TV, you're like, oh my God, the streak's over. When you're there, you're going, uh, I'm seeing Heyman like waving his hands around. The ref's looking confused. I, I believe on the screen, it even went 22 and 0 and then kind of went 21 and 1. So you're all there waiting. Okay, someone's going to come out and say the Undertaker's foot was under the rope or something like that. You're waiting and everyone's kind of looking around. And then it's not until kind of the music hits and people are walking off. And it's really not until the Divas match that comes up next when you go, F- that's happened. The streak's <laughs> over. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear here or not. but That's okay. He'll, he'll beep you out. <laughs> I apologise. But yeah, it's not until... And I felt so sorry for the, the Divas after uh, the women because there's just booze because it's the sudden realisation, oh no, they have actually done that. But... I thought it was done so well and sorry I went on a bit there but yeah that that's no, the most amazing moment. No it really was moment. just such an iconic moment. That was maybe the most incredible thing I've ever been witness to. Obviously Kevin <laughs> I, when you said you were sat two seats over I thought this was the story you were going to bring up because obviously I I didn't see the free count of the streak ending because I was looking at you because I was doing an imitation kick out thinking there's no way that this is ending. <laughs> And then I just heard the free count, and I'm a huge Undertaker fan, so... Oh, just a bit. Yeah, this was pretty crushing. I didn't see any of the Divas match. I walked out to go and get a beer and have a few cigarettes in solemn silence and came back in 
midway during the main event. I was <laughs> shook by this. Do you think that moment was more surprising because the match kind of sucked and because you thought it was... We didn't know about the concussion at the time, but as Mike said, you were one, two, kick out. And it felt so by the numbers and, oh, they're just going through the motions of an Undertaker match. Had they have had maybe this five-star classic, maybe that end would have felt more earned and the, there would have definitely been a shock, but there'd have been more of a, like a, wow, we've seen that, rather than, oh, oh, wait, what? That happened? I mean, given some of the moments that we had gotten with Undertaker in years previous, you know, the two classic matches against Shawn Michaels, where every pinfall felt like it could be the end of the match and you truly believed the streak was in danger. Uh, the hell in the cell, that's one of the best, like most shocking kickouts when it was, you know, super kick into the pedigree. And we thought, this is it, it's over. And he kicked out. And so it was kind of remarkable that they had such an important moment in wrestling history feel almost a little flat and a little it's it, it does feel kind of like it was a bit of a botch I mean I don't know if we'll ever get the true story about what happened that night but yeah for but just to feel that air get sucked out of that building and everybody standing there in shock fortunately I was wearing my Brock Lesnar hoodie I was in a great mood that that got me all amped up but for me it's almost the opposite moment, whereas that was just the deafening silence that you could feel. The biggest moment I've ever experienced was WrestleMania 18 in Toronto, Rock and Hogan. I've still never felt a crowd quite like that. And, you know, a lot of questions were, does Hogan still have it? How popular is he going to be? You know, he's 48 or whatever he was at the time. You know, his days are long gone. And I remember there was a gentleman in front of me dressed up in a big, loud, flashy shirt with sunglasses. He was full on Rocky. And then Hogan's music hit and he came out and it was just like, wow, I'm seeing Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. This is this is it. This is like watching Babe Ruth at Yankee Stadium. This is this is as big as it gets. And the guy in front of me took off his shirt, started cheering for Hogan. And just that whole match was just like bell to bell, deafening deafening uh cheers and and what a crowd to be a part of so that was definitely a moment that will always stand out for me for sure um i guess we sort of talked about the single most shocking moment um i think brock pinning uh undertaker would definitely top that list so why don't we go to uh what is the best wrestlemania you attended i've been to 13 myself uh, 18, 22, 23, 24, 25, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. Um, yeah, how about you guys? How many have you been to and what was the best? Uh, I've been to uh, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, and 35. Yeah, so 30 to 35. Um, and I do love WrestleMania 30. There are a lot of moments that happen in that. But I think top to bottom... 31. I think it's a very kind of hidden gem of a WrestleMania. I don't feel it kind of gets talked about enough. I genuinely think it has the last great main event at a WrestleMania. I I don't think there's been a good closing main event since Brock Roman at 31. Um, every match kind of delivers for me. I know, I know the Sting Triple H one isn't everyone's cup of tea. Uh, for me... I don't have a great deal of nostalgia for Sting, 
So it was just cool seeing Sting and it was fun. You had all the nonsense with the NWO and DX. I I was thoroughly sports entertained with that match. And I think it was, you could see the start of the women being taken a lot more seriously. I think it was the Bellas against Paige and AJ. And I think the Bellas were actually kind of putting in a bit more work. And, and AJ and Paige were definitely the sort of future of seeing where we want women's wrestling to go. So... Top to bottom, I think 31, and what a way to end with Seth winning. Yeah, I echo everything about 31. That's actually uh, one I had here. I agree. It is a bit of a sleeper WrestleMania. It is a great uh, great mania from top to bottom. And, of course, 30 has a lot of great moments. Uh, Cesaro winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal at 30, I think, is a fantastic moment. Um, but I've actually gone for the best I've attended was 28 in Miami. Uh, that had some... Great moments, great matches. Uh, it obviously started the Daniel Bryan yes movement, possibly not on purpose by having him lose in uh, <laughs> 18 seconds, was it, against Sheamus? Yeah. Um, and then obviously you had the, the incredible Raw the night afterwards as well. You had CM Punk and Chris Jericho in a pretty good match. It's pretty slept on, but it was fun while I was there. Obviously you had the end of an era, Hell in a Cell, and Rock Cena in the main event. There wasn't, there was a bit of a few iffy matches in the middle but it didn't mind the the pros far outweighed the cons and as i say the main event ending and that atmosphere walking out was something i haven't felt since yeah I'll, i absolutely uh, agree that was that was the most excited i'd been after after a big event uh for me i went with uh 24 in orlando uh i just thought it was a great card top to bottom and a really really great uh, money in the bank uh, you know, you had the main event of Edge versus Taker, um, and then you had that incredible uh, retirement match between HBK and Ric Flair, and just that is one of the great single moments of you know that I've ever witnessed live. Too, I love you. I'm sorry. Super kick. There's the end of a terrific career. I just thought for what really stood out for me, that was kind of the first outdoor mania that they'd done other than nine, and. You know, the stage was enormous and to have fireworks going off, especially like for Ric Flair's entrance. That's still my favorite entrance I've ever seen with the big, beautiful fireworks going off as he came down. It was just such a stunning atmosphere. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. There was a great celebrity match with, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather and Big Show, which I might talk about in a little bit. But yeah, I just thought that card... Just the feels of it, um, maybe not the best wrestling card that I've ever seen, but just the the event itself was was really special and stood out. Was that the best stage you've ever seen? Would you say? I loved it. I loved it. It it, it looked a little ho hum during the day, uh, but as it started to get darker and then the fireworks and the way it was lit, it is probably my favorite WrestleMania stage. I think. I mean, I really like what they did at twenty two as well where they had the buildings in the background and it sort of looked like a cityscape and then Kane came out and it looked like it, the building was on fire and stuff. I thought they did well there, but 24 is my favorite. Saw a bit of you at 22, actually. If you go on the WWE Network and watch the Untold Edge versus Foley, you may see a, a younger Kevin in the crowd there getting a zoom in and Kelly. Oh, so did we make that special? Oh, we? yeah. You've, there's, there's shots oh, yeah. which apparently Kelly had never seen before. So uh might be worth checking out for you there, Kev. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. I love the 33 stage. The sort of Universal Studios where it's got the big globe. Uh, obviously, this, the ramp started at the top of the 100 section, which I don't think has ever been done before. <laughs> you had the, the drop tower, the roller coaster. I thought that was 
stunning walking in. And again, the fireworks really start to make that look incredible as the night went on, for sure. Both in the same stadium, yeah. Yep, that's right. Absolutely. So they know how to do fireworks in Florida, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now let's flip it completely around. Uh, I think I might know your answer, Mike, but what's the most disappointing moment you saw at a WrestleMania? I don't think you'll get this. Uh, I thought about this, and I think the most disappointing thing I've seen at WrestleMania is AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura at 34. Uh, Yes, that was a top three choice for me here. Yeah, that match, everyone was talking about it that weekend as being, this is going to steal the show. And that WrestleMania, up until that point, we were talking in our section and saying, this could be an all-timer mania here. Because you had so much stuff in that first half. Charlotte beating Asuka, Ronda and Kurt versus Trips and Steph, uh, Undertaker Cena. There was lots of moments, and that match just brought the whole event to a screeching halt. Just dull. And I've tried to watch it back, because I thought, are oh, the crowd tired? They've had a lot of pops and a lot of ups. Maybe this is a down in the card. And it just it isn't a good match. It, it wasn't going to do anything to engage the crowd. And that is the biggest letdown I've ever seen. What about yourself? Yeah, um, that that was definitely on my list. Uh, I actually, I voted that for my worst match of the year for post-wrestling a couple of wow. years ago uh, because of the hype and the disappointment. But I am going with uh, New York, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Um, I am, <laughs> I was such a big, big Kurt Angle fan. I think watching Kurt Angle in his prime is is why I love wrestling. He's he's literally got it all, in my my opinion. He's just got the athleticism, makes it look legit, and is entertaining, like just really genuinely entertaining. And then, obviously, we've kind of seen it, it wasn't really there anymore on his last comeback, but could still, you know, put in the right spot, like the Ronda tag match, he was, he was fine in. With the right person, he'd have been fine. And it didn't have to be much. And they went with Baron Corbin for his retirement match. And there wasn't even any drama of if he loses, he'll retire. It's just, no, this is Kurt Angle's last match. And it's against Baron Corbin, who's dressed as a waiter. Meanwhile, you have (laughs) John Cena on the same show doing a skit with Elias. And you go... Just do a skit of a match, John Cena versus Angle. You recreate that great SmackDown debut of John Cena and you just do a highlight of a minute and you get an angle slam in there, an ankle lock. You don't have to do much. Kurt would have had to do less than he did in the Baron Corbin match and it would have been such a wonderful moment. But listening to his interview with Austin recently just it was never on the cards for Angle when he came back wrestling wasn't really going to be an option and kind of just came out of oh right okay let's just have you you on this Kurt um and it's a real shame so that was my disappointing moment I I love how you bookended their relationship and the debut of one leading to the retirement of another that would have been such a great story to tell and what a what a wasted opportunity uh, for myself, I went with um, AJ Styles losing to Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 32. I don't think I've <laughs> ever been more salty about something happening. I had been looking forward to seeing AJ Styles at WrestleMania for 12 years, and it had finally happened. We'd seen his debut at the Rumble. It was a great moment. 
Now I was going to see him put on a, a great wrestling match with, with Chris Jericho. And the match itself was fine. But to have him lose in his first match against Chris Jericho, I just thought it was such a bad decision. It put a bad taste in my mouth for the rest of the night. I don't think I enjoyed any match that night. <laughs> I was pretty cranky for the rest of that evening. Uh, and I'm, I'm just so glad that he was able to move past that and become sort of the, the face of the, the company for a couple of years after that. So I did sort of at least get to enjoy, you know, peak AJ Styles in, in, w, in the WWE ring, even though that start was a bit flat and a bit disappointing. What's baffling is, doesn't he win the number one contenders match the next night? Yep. The Fatal Four Ways the next night. So... It was just, why, why have him lose if you're going to have him yeah. face the champion at the next pay-per-view anyway? It was very strange. It was, it was like a shock finish for the sake of it being a shock and not to tell a story or anything. It, mm. was, really, it was really quite silly. That story did um, give but, us the Y2AJ shirt, though. So, you know. Oh, there we cloud. go. <laughs> Uh, but uh, let's be a bit more positive now. What's the best match you've ever witnessed at a WrestleMania? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, this one's actually hard because you, you start to realise that you you love the moments more than the matches, I think, um, for a lot of these. And I think the actual match quality has been the takeovers. And that's where you come away from the weekend going, wow, that match was incredible. Um, but th- three come to my mind. Um I'll I, I won't say all three in case one of them is yours. Uh but I would actually say Daniel Bryan versus Triple H from WrestleMania 30. I that was the first WWE match I've ever seen in person. Um because that kicked off WrestleMania 30. And it's just kind of what I love in wrestling. It's great storytelling. Uh it looks legit. You can you can see that Triple H, kind of the wrestling nerd in him was kind of happy to be facing Brian and kind of doing... I think he hits like a tiger suplex at one point and you're like, Triple H, what, what are you doing? What, since when have you hit a tiger suplex? It's just a really good wrestling match with such a great story and the crowd are not tired, haven't had the the streak being broken and kind of kill them off because crowd don't come back until midway through that final main event. So everyone's hot for it. Great entrances from both Triple H and Brian. Uh, I think I'm going to say that one. That's it. And what a way to start your sort of WrestleMania career was to to see that match first. Like, oh yeah, setting the bar pretty high going forward. Oh yeah, arguably an unattainable bar to be honest. That's a that's a <laughs> hell of an introduction. Um, I mean, in a way, my pick is sort of similar. Mine is from the first WrestleMania I went to. There's nothing which has come close to Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels two at 26 a perfect sequel to their classic at 25. It had a lot of drama. You still were in that mindset that the streak could end at any moment because Shawn Michaels, you know, he he was older, but he wasn't that old in the grand scheme of things. You know, I, the age he retired is there's quite a lot of people on the main roster at the moment who are around that age. It just 11 years makes quite a lot of difference, but that was a fantastic match. Incredible moments. The gnarliest looking tombstone ever to finish it off with the jump. Uh, and, and a great moment as well with uh, Sean cutting the throw and Taker rolling his eyes back dead angry. And that was a, an incredible main event from the start of seeing the Batista when the fans realized that was main eventing. That, that was brilliant. I also want to give props to a match which probably 
was better in person than it would have been if you watched it on television. But Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon from 34 was brilliant to be there in person for. Took two minutes and then everyone was on their feet and didn't sit down for the remaining 15. And it it was great. Had fantastic moments. The roll up uh, to the O'Connor roll, I think it was. Uh, or no, sorry, the fireman's carry that Ronda did on Triple H was insane. The pop for that was so loud. Uh, yeah, that that was a great one to be there for. Yeah, that was that one snuck up. Uh, how engaging it actually became. You know, you were so you were excited to see Ronda's debut and and to see Kurt go again. But it, they pulled off something pretty amazing, uh, given the the build up to it and everything like that. That was like kind of a shocking um, surprise. For me, I, I'm very much in the same vein as you, Mike, but I'm, I wasn't there for Sean's last match, one of my great wrestling regrets. The, the one year I took off was the last match of my all-time favorite, well, but I was the there. Match. In, oh, it was his <laughs> last match as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I was there the year before for Taker, HBK number one, and that was just unbelievable. I've never seen near falls that were so believable. And basically for 25 minutes, you kind of felt like every pinfall could be the last one. And then just, you know, Taker almost killing himself doing the the top rope leap, right? Where he he missed breaking his neck by about, you know, two inches and then was able to go for another 10 minutes. And just the finish, the the standing moonsault into the tombstone. Uh, I've never been happier or more okay with one of my guys losing a match than I was that night. That was just a pure... Standing ovation! Wow, well done! What a what a spectacle! Um, like I'm really happy I got to see that whole built the 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 Sean match at 25, uh, and then uh, the the matches with Triple H at 27 and 28. Like that was a great four year run that those those three guys sort of went on. It, 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 like a four year story, and it was just fun to be there for most of it. Um, but let's make it even broader. We've had 36 WrestleManias. What is the best match in WrestleMania history? You've just named it. It's Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. I don't even think I can put this to Undertaker bias. I think objectively it is maybe the best match in WWE history. The the near falls, the high spots, the drama, as you say. Taker diving over the top rope and nearly killing himself, thanks to Sim Snooker not getting in position in time. But he came back from it. I thought the streak was going to end on a count out. It, the, way they, <laughs> the way they worked and reacted to that and managed to incorporate it into the match, it was incredible. And JR added, obviously it would have been different in person, but watching it at probably like three, four in the morning in the UK, waking up everyone in the house because I can't believe Shawn Michaels is just kicked out of the tombstone. Uh, JR added so much to it on commentary. I remember his call uh, that he's having an out of body experience so vividly. Uh, and it still holds up to this day for me. That, that is my, my favorite match ever. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got to go with uh, the same. It It's Undertaker versus Sean. Um, the first one. I, I wasn't back into watching wrestling at that point, but I like heard it was WrestleMania. So I was like, Oh, I'll put it on. And I found a dodgy feed and it came up to that match and I was like oh it's Undertaker Shawn Michaels and I'm watching and then I'm biting on the near falls and I didn't even have the the benefit of the whole story going into it I just knew who both guys were from when I watched wrestling and 
just remember, yeah, biting on every single fall. Uh, that that one's amazing. Uh, I'd like to give an honourable mention to uh, seeing that we've all got the same pick uh, to Kurt Angle versus Sean. I think that match is is brilliant. It's it's so good, and also I just love that Sean taps. It's it's so unexpected for for the kind of babyface to to tap here. Uh, I I love it. Uh, I think that's great. But there there are so many you can you could tell me, and I I wouldn't argue with you. Yeah, yeah. you could. You, I'd fight. I'd fight for uh, Austin and Bret Hart at thirteen. Yeah, you know, uh, there's there's a lot that I'd say. Yeah, I don't mind that being at the top of your list. Hard to argue. Um, but why don't we change things up just a little, uh, and we'll get a little creative now. I thought we'd have some fun here in the middle of the, the show. Um, ever since the rock and wrestling days of the 80s, wrestling has been a pop culture staple. The trend sends well beyond the ring, uh, and I thought it'd be fun to share our passion for wrestling in a sort of pop culture geeky way. Um, so I'm going to start with this first question here. Nick Cage has obviously played some of the most outrageous characters in movie history, and some would definitely fit right in in a wrestling environment. So I'm going to ask you, which Nick Cage character would make the best wrestler? Mike, I'll start with you. Ah, uh, thought you would. Uh, I mean, it, this was tougher than you'd think when uh, you said about this. I, I had a, th- I had a think. What I, my, my choice is Big Daddy from Kick Ass. Just because if anyone can make a superhero gimmick work in modern wrestling, and it'd be legit, it's Nicolas Cage. But I think maybe also have uh, his detective from The Wicker Man in and sort of counteracting with The Fiend, or maybe even have him play The Fiend. I think Nick Cage would be a great wrestler. You give him something wacky like The Fiend and, you know, he would make it work. Or have him as a mouthpiece for someone. I I think just Nick Cage, give Nick Cage a new gimmick. That's awesome. Uh, it sounds like Mike might have taken yours, Dave. Yeah, I, I was going to say have him as the detective in Wicker Man coming into WWE to investigate what the hell is going on with The Fiend and eventually Alexa and The Fiend turning on him. And no, not the bees. <laughs> <laughs> the Fiend, The oh, Fiend, so my good. eyes. Yeah. Not The Fiend. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I myself went with Cameron Poe from Con Air. Um, I just think for the entrance alone, he's, you know, that classic scene where he walks off the plane and the breeze hits his face and <laughs> his hair is blowing in the wind. Every time he came out to do that would get such a huge pop. They'd set up a fan in the stage. He'd walk out in his <laughs> white tank top, the hair perfectly blowing. I just think that would get over massively. So that's where I went there. Speaking of entrances, entrance themes are incredibly essential to a wrestler's persona. It says a lot about the character they're representing. It also helps instantly hype up an audience. From Rick Derringer's Real American to Shawn Michaels' Sexy Boy to the tolling bell and haunting symphony of The Undertaker's theme, there have been some absolutely classic entrance songs. Over the last couple decades, however, particularly in WWE, they started using the songs of popular musical artists such as Limp Bizkit, P.O.D., Killswitz Engaged, Alter Bridge, the list goes on. So I want to ask you, what is a song that has never been used that would make an awesome wrestling entrance track? We'll start with you, uh, Dave. Um, well, I've always thought Jupiter by Holst, the classical piece of music. Da, 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 that one. Um, I, I always love Macho Man's theme, uh, and I think it would get a similar kind of um reaction mike you you might be aware it's played like last night of the proms quite a lot and uh 
all those white people go f- crazy for it. Excuse me, sorry, I swore again. Um, no, it's awesome. But uh, but yeah, I think that could really get like the emotion going, and especially for a big match, you you need the right kind of character. You would need that sort of throwback with the with the robe and everything. But then to make it even more special for WrestleMania, you just get a whole orchestra to play you out, which I've always thought maybe for The Undertaker or something, I'd love to see an orchestra play a wrestler out one day. I think it would would look amazing. And like, and, and today's wrestling audience, they're so snarky. You know, you could just hear, a, a, you know, a huge stadium singing along to this, this symph- symphony song. You know, it would just, yeah. it would make for quite a spectacle. That'd be great. How about you, Mike? Uh, I have always wanted an emo gimmick in wrestling. And uh, if we if we can allow licensed uh, songs, then I'd go for Helena by My Chemical Romance. And oh, I'd just yeah, imagine, that, would get, that would get you pumping. Yeah, just I, I again had the idea of the WrestleMania entrance in mind. I think that's the only way you go when you imagine a theme. You imagine the special WrestleMania entrance and some sort of... Uh, redoing of the music video and you've got a funeral procession and umbrellas and a dance routine and have someone come out but they're just really moody with bangs and like a chain on their jeans and just yeah I mean it might might not necessarily work at Wrestlemania but I just I want to see that with a big WWE production behind it no I love it and you know it's Wrestlemania maybe you get My Chemical Romance to actually perform Um, well, speaking of uh, celebrities and wrestling, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, the lineup of celebrities that appeared at the very first WrestleMania event, which included Mr. T, Liberace, Muhammad Ali, and Cindy Lauper, helped to kind of cement the legacy of the event and launched wrestling into the pop culture stratosphere. Uh, we've had guest ring announcers, timekeepers, valets, and more, uh, but it's especially, it's especially special uh, and even more impressive when they actually get involved in the action. So, I'm asking, who is the greatest celebrity to get in the ring and get the job done? I'm going to go with uh, one that you've seen, Kev, and that's Floyd Mayweather against Big Show at WrestleMania 24. That was, that was my choice. That was my choice. He was so good. Yeah, it, it was the first one that sprung to mind um, when I heard the question. It's just, I can't think of anything that comes close to that. Anyone that did, like you might suggest Ronda Rousey, but she obviously went on to have a main roster run for a year, so... I wouldn't say she counts. Floyd Mayweather was perfect. And the amount of bumps that he took that I didn't expect him to, like getting press slammed over the top rope. And this was Floyd Mayweather in 2008. He's a big deal. You can't be injuring him. He's got he's got fights to make. Uh, I was really su- surprised by it. And Big Show definitely played his part as well. Broke his nose for, for, the, for the love of the business. So... Right. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if he wanted to, but he well, certainly did. <laughs> what would you expect? Yeah, you can punch me in the face, Floyd Mayweather. I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, no, nah, I don't yeah. know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Davey, how about you? Mine's very recent, and it goes, in fact, to NXT. It's Pat McAfee. Oh, uh, great show. I, th- I think the guy just gets it. I think he, if you told me he had the best promo of 2020, I. I wouldn't argue with you. I, th- I mean, I think last year you had a f- good few promos with Eddie Kingston, especially up there. But Pat McAfee, I'd say, was the best promo in WWE last year. Um, I think he just gets it. He knows how to be a heel. He knows how to run his mouth. And he's he's actually looked legit. They gave him that punt 
Uh, obviously, he was a kicker. So giving him a finish, which is a punt, you believe it as a fan getting into the story. You go, oh, yeah, he just needs to hit that move and he could actually win this. He might not have a big wrestling background, but if he hits that punt... Um, and I thought he had a more than passable match against Adam Cole and then entered a war games. This is a, a celebrity angle that it's not just going, yeah, I'll do a tag match and I'll hit a DDT. This is a guy going, no, I'll do a swanton off a cage in war games. Like fair play to him. I think the guy's great. And, and it is quite remarkable to think that he did it, you know, in the ring and behind the stick, like to, to pull off to you get some guys who can come in and, and hold hold their own on a microphone. And some athletes can come in and, you know, look relative Stephen Amell, you know, who does his own stunts on the show uh, that he's from. And so I thought he, you know, looked pretty good. But to like you said, to do, be able to do both was really quite uh, impressive. He could have gone, oh, I'll wait till we have fans as well. But no, this right. is all in front of nobody. I think it deserves a bit of a shout out. I thought when you said you were going to go recent, you were going to bring up Shaq in AEW. Uh, he is someone who I thought exceeded expectations. The match seemed very well rehearsed, but I think that's fine for a one-off like this. It it accomplished what it needed to do, and Shaq went through a table. I mean, well, well, I didn't expect <laughs> that, so <laughs> that's a win for me. Yeah, that was a fun one. Now, I haven't been following the program as much these days, but I've heard uh, really good things about Bad Bunny. He's apparently uh, done a fairly decent job acclimatizing himself to the ring. He's got a match uh, this weekend. Um, so uh, it got me thinking, who's a celebrity or athlete that has never appeared in WWE that you think could pull off a great appearance, either with their athleticism or with a, with their personality? Um. It's a sort of cheat here because he has done stuff with WWE, but I'm thinking more if someone were to actually become a wrestler or or work for a match. Perfect. And I'd go with Hugh Jackman. Um, I feel he's someone who, uh, if he's given a challenge, he takes it very seriously. Like I've seen him in interviews talking about his muscle gain to play Wolverine. And he's like, I hate it. I'm a guy who loves red wine and chocolate. Like, I'm a naturally a bit of a tubby guy, but, like, I can do it if I need to. So it shows me he'll obviously put his mind to it. He's got the acting chops to really bring something out, which I think in this past year with empty arenas, we've seen the likes of Edge and Roman really lean more heavily to acting skills. So I think that would help him in a match. And he's got a bit of a musical theatre background and being able to learn a whole dance routine and keep it in your head and know what move comes next can absolutely help in the world of wrestling as well. So Hugh Jackman. I think that's a great shout. Yeah, I, yeah. Proper left field as well. I didn't go that. I didn't even, my brain didn't <laughs> even entertain that sort of avenue. That's a great shout. Mine is probably a bit of an obvious pick, but I couldn't get past Conor McGregor. I just think he already is a pro wrestler. He's taken a lot from pro wrestling to get himself over in MMA. A lot of his promo style, well, I mean, he cuts promos, that's the thing. Whereas other people just say they're going to win fights. I think he's got a lot of transferable skills. And if you look at MMA fighters who've come over to wrestling, or people with extensive amateur wrestling backgrounds, they have succeeded, for the most part. Um, they sort of pick it up like a duck to water. And I thought, look at women the women's side of it as well i think cardi b cardi b would be a fantastic addition to the wwe roster it might not go well i don't know how athletic she is she can do dance routines <laughs> but what an what a shot in the arm that would be having cardi b with a live microphone each week i'm 
No, I, I, I love your uh, your choices there as well. Uh, you know, McGregor, he doesn't need the money, but if he ever did go on a run in the WWE, they might as well just start printing money now because I think he'd be an absolutely enormous draw and would naturally sort of uh, adjust to the sort of performance angle uh, of it. Now, one celebrity who didn't look like a natural uh, was Donald Trump. Um, I do think it's pretty awesome, though, that I get to say I watched him take a stunner in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania 23 <laughs> in Detroit. That's, you know, given everything that happened over the last five years, at least I had that to sort of remind myself of. <laughs> this guy took a stunner and took it poorly. Um, is there a celebrity or historical figure that you don't like? I would love to see, uh, you know, them just get their ass handed to them in the middle of the ring. <laughs> My choice seems really minuscule now compared to <laughs> the scope of a Donald Trump. <laughs> I've gone almost personal with this, and my choice is Jordan Pickford, who is Everton's <laughs> goalkeeper. And there may be a lot of people there who are, who are thinking, who's Jordan Pickford? Google him if you want. I support Liverpool. He injured our defender. I want him to go against Walter, and I want Walter to start shooting on him, just start chopping him <laughs> repeatedly in the throat. Not bothered. Uh, and uh, again... I thought I'm going to go two ways of this as well. So a new addition to the the women's roster would be Katie Hopkins, who's basically <laughs> a famous racist. And oh, yeah. She can go and get the shit kicked out of her for all I care. So <laughs> maybe send her to like stardom or something and have someone just destroy her. That would be quite fun. But yeah. I like that. You went personal with that, especially oh, yeah. the keeper there. That's good. That's good. I like that. Davey, how about yourself? Um, oh, K- Katie Hopkins is a is a great shout actually uh, i should change to that but mine <laughs> mine is helen mirren oh yeah you've been going off on her lately on she, our on some chats i've seen yeah yeah she sucks i i really really don't like helen mirren get her in the ring with nia jacks please um yeah just not a fan i, I don't think she's a nice person um yeah. yeah. So yeah, put her in there with somebody who's probably going to injure her, even yeah. if that's not how you booked it. So exactly. Uh, well, speaking of booking, I thought it'd be fun to get you guys to book a fantasy match. Um, in a never-before-seen episode, the cast of Friends is forced to fight in a battle royal for Monica's apartment. Who wins the match and how? <laughs> so it's for Monica's apartment. Is is Monica in the battle royal as well? She's got to defend her apartment, absolutely. It, she's she got to defend the title. It's got to be Monica. I don't see anyone else there. Phoebe Phoebe can be scrappy. Um, Rachel, I don't think, will do too well. Uh, Joey and Chandler, I can't really... I think they would end up eliminating each other, maybe. Um, <laughs> Ross might have a bit of a good run, but I think something will stupidly kind of... Get him out there. Uh, I think it's between Phoebe and Monica, and it's got to be Monica. It's her apartment. Um, yeah, she. I. I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of Monica Geller. No, it's, I. I hear you. I've gone the opposite way with that. Monica is in the last two of this battle royal, but she is eventually dumped out by the winner, who I'm pushing as an underdog, and that's Joey Tribbiani. I think he. Uh, he's probably someone who's looked down upon amongst the rest of the friends. So. I agree Phoebe is a bit of a wild card, but I see her potentially eliminating herself. She's not interested in winning titles or material goods such as Monica's apartment. You've got Ross. He's a bit of a snake, isn't he? Let's be honest. 
he'll be trying to make alliances, he'll get dumped out. And then obviously Monica, she's the boss. She's going to be getting Chandler to do her dirty work, eliminate Rachel. And then Monica takes over. She's got, she can't stand it. She throws Chandler out down to Monica and Joey. And then eventually the, because Monica, Monica's a heel. I mean, she's the heel champion. She's held the, she's held this apartment for, for so many years. It's a legendary run, uh, but it's time for Joey Tribbiani to, to end it and see how she is doing. And then I would build to a, a Joey and Chandler feud building into oh, friends mania future yeah. booking too i oh, like yeah. it i like it i'm some surprised nobody had uh phoebe using the guitar as a weapon like a oh, like classic <laughs> honky tonk man uh no that's a lot of fun but why don't we go from fantasy stuff to uh the the real deal why don't we move on to our main event uh i'd love to get just some of your general thoughts on this weekend's big event uh, it seems like each year WrestleMania just gets bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger, uh, and longer and longer. Um, and so last year they they outdid themselves, uh, took that to a whole new scale, and we had two separate events on the Saturday and Sunday evening. They've now spread WrestleMania out to two evenings. That's going to continue again this year, uh, and they're pretty pretty stacked looking cards. Um, again, I haven't been following very very closely over the last year or so but just some of the matches they put up i can see some some real highlights coming so guys are there any particular matches that you're really excited to see aside from the main event which uh, i'm sure the three of us will get more into really looking forward to seth versus cesaro because cesaro is someone that i've just been a big fan of for so long um i, I just before this recording this podcast i finished listening to him with Renee and he's he's someone who still is incredibly passionate about wrestling clearly wants more for his career this is his first singles match at Wrestlemania he's against a guy like Seth Rollins who when he needs to go can go I really hope these two are given you know 15 minutes 15 20 minutes and can really just have a takeover style match. Just go out there. No WWE restraints. Just have a cracking match. Um, can't say the creative has been particularly inspiring. What's new there? Um, and Kev, you're probably better off not really having followed much going on. <laughs> um, just take it as a card of good wrestling. But yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my kind of second pick aside from the main event of the triple threat match. Yeah, I agree. The the triple threat we've all got into a bit more. That is a great main event. It feeling fitting of the event itself. Cesaro Seth will be great. My pick is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, which is on night two. I've been a huge fan of these guys since they were Kevin Steen and El Generico uh, back in Combat Zone Wrestling in the mid noughties following them to PWG, Ring of Honor. They've had some classic matches with one another through those promotions. And this is the biggest stage they've had. Uh, they have had a great match before Battleground. I'm not sure if it was 2015 or 2016, but that was fantastic. And then they have sort of cooled down on them facing off with one another. Uh, I believe this is the first one-on-one match they've had in a few years. So for them to have this on this stage, again, the booking, it has come a bit from nowhere. Uh, but it, it's something I'm very much looking forward to. I think, again, if they are given 15 minutes because of the relationship they have with one another, they're going to try and steal the show. And there's a rumor that Kevin Owens wants to jump off the pirate ship that's built into uh, the Jaguar Stadium. So uh, not the Jaguar Stadium, but the Buck Stadium, isn't it? Sorry. Right. Uh, yeah. So I'm very intrigued to, to see what happens there. Not even Logan Paul can stop the fun. <laughs> 
that one definitely, when I was looking through the card, really stood out to me as something that could really be a, a banger of a match. Um, but, you know, I almost forgot to ask, how exciting how excited are you or how amazing is it going to be to watch a WWE event with actual fans in the building again? Isn't that going to just, it's going to make such a difference, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to elevate the card. Even the matches that haven't really had any sort of booking behind them, they are going to be elevated. The fans are going to be rabid, I hope. Um, there's a lot of sort of special entrances that are already booked as well. I know Rhea Ripley's got one. Bad Bunny, I imagine, is going to have a big entrance. There's going to be other people who've got special entrances. This is the first time they've been in front of crowds in over a year. Uh, I know Drew McIntyre said he wants to be the first one out. I think it's it's going to elevate any match a lot because it's going to be so different to what we've seen. I know other promotions have had some crowds, but not to this scale. And there's no restrictions on them chanting or doing anything like New Japan has. So, that, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. Kevin, it's uh, I listen to Geek Centric. It's Nate that cries a lot, right? Nate's the crybaby. Yeah, yeah I, I relate to Nate and I can I can see actually it being a quite emotional at times this weekend because we've been so n- not just in wrestling, but in the world right now, just so used to not seeing crowds or having that live atmosphere. Um, I, I can see some of the performers who obviously want to perform in front of crowds. I can see them looking quite moved during their entrances and that's the kind of thing that will kind of choke me up so i'm i'm really looking forward to it obviously i'm hoping all the protocols and stuff are are being done safely but um let's celebrate it it's happening so let's enjoy it and i am excited and i'm excited to be in a crowd again eventually oh i you know i i miss i miss being in that live atmosphere be it a sporting event a concert or uh you know what's kind of a combination of the two wrestling i i can't wait to to be in a crowd again um now if i'm not mistaken not only is the wrestlemania card split over two nights but the nxt card is as well correct so there's essentially four big shows going on this weekend um of the four nights the is there a, a grouping of matches that you think is going to sort of steal the show quote unquote or be the highlight event of the four I, I think for me it's it's night two of both Mania and Takeover. Um, I, I'm just trying to I'm just looking at the cards here. Um, I think Adam Cole versus Kylo Riley is definitely going to be one of the matches of the weekend. Uh, Volta Tommaso Ciampa um, from night one is going to be one of the matches of the weekend. I, I think I think they have done a good job of spreading out all the nights and. I think if you, I know they're not doing fans for for TakeOver, but if this was a thing where there are four nights of wrestling and you can only afford one night of TakeOver and one night of WrestleMania, there's enough on those shows to to come away feeling pleased, I think. I I think all the cards look pretty attractive to me. Yeah, uh, Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa is definitely the match I'm most looking forward to out of all four nights. I know Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly will be fantastic. And there's other highlights across two nights of TakeOver. I'm quite intrigued by Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez. But for me, Walter making his sort of return to the US. He squashed Drake Maverick a couple of weeks ago. But if you've not seen Walter before, he is something else. In He sticks out so much in wrestling at the moment. 
It's great to see him back in the US on NXT. Um, I think this is going to be a, a spectacle uh, in ways that matches on the WrestleMania card won't. Something that I am looking forward to, maybe for slightly strange reasons, on night two of WrestleMania, just to see what it is. Uh, the Fiend versus Randy Orton. It, <laughs> me and Davey were talking about this, and I think even if it's bad, it's not going to be boring. People are going to talk about it. It's going to... It'll either be good or it'll be so bad that we'll see gifs of it for weeks, months to come, years to come, and it'll be famously shit. There's no way of getting around it. it it's, it's all or nothing. This isn't going to be a boring thing. And I love all the hokey stuff in wrestling. It's... It, I suspend my disbelief for everything. As long as the participants are committed to the story, I'm in. And yeah, this has been going on for months. I'm... I'm intrigued. Screw it. Let's go. I mean, as long as they don't project cockroaches onto the, uh, the, the ring. <laughs> uh, um, but I mean, they're lighting each other on fire now. Uh, you know, how can they possibly top themselves in terms of a moment like that on the biggest stage of a ball? It's going to be quite interesting. Kev, I've been saying, uh, that, this is at the same stadium that the Super Bowl was at. Now, we know Bray has his Firefly Funhouse thing. I want that to be that house of mazes that The weekend was running through. Build something <laughs> like that in the set, that Randy's going through this wall of mirrors with all the fiends everywhere. And I think The weekend is doing the theme anyway, once again. So why not have The weekend involved as well? It's WrestleMania! Well, awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now... I, now, again, there are four nights, and so I, I, I thought I will leave going through matches and predictions to the pros, uh, you guys, uh, the other guys, and up next, I'm sure you'll talk lots or have been talking lots about your projections uh, over the week. Um, but I did want to look at what I guess is sort of the main event of the whole weekend. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the triple threat for the Universal Championship. I mean... Even before we talk about how great, at least personally, I think the match is going to be, let's just take a second to just think about how incredible this story is. All three of the participants were thought to either be done or, you know, from wrestling entirely, you know, uh, Edge and Daniel Bryan both coming back from what were thought to be career-ending injuries. Roman Reigns surviving his second bout of of leukemia. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible to think of the journey that these three guys have gone through to get to this point and to sort of get this moment to work together. Uh, what are your thoughts on the match? And I will get your uh, predictions. So I'd love to hear what you're looking forward to. I think this is the one match of the, the weekend where I'm as excited about the quality of the match as I have been the story going into it. Um, and that's good that it's the main event. I'm excited about Cesaro and Seth and Kevin Owens and Sammy and Sasha and Bianca. But the story hasn't been great. I'm looking forward to the match. This, I found every single scene, if you will, because it's felt like a movie. It feels like Roman's this mafia boss. It, it feels like Edge is um, like Michael in The Godfather, who's kind of just sold his soul. And now he's he's in the mafia too. And... You got Daniel Bryan, who's kind of he's playing with he's still that baby face we all love, but this time he's like, I'm gonna use that to my advantage. And you know what? Screw everyone, I wanna be in this main event. 
it's not the main event we thought we were going to have, but I don't know anyone who's disappointed by this. It kind of gives everyone something. It gives everyone someone to root for. Like, I feel if you're... You're going to like all these guys. When they were going to do Batista and Randy a few years ago, everyone was like, I don't care about either of these guys. People have strong opinions about Edge, about Roman and Daniel Bryan. And that always makes for a better match for me. Yeah, it's quite strange if you think about it. If you believe what the discussion has been surrounding this match, that due to crowd reaction, they've had to add Daniel Bryan to this match. They've had to make Edge lean into a more villainous persona because there's no one there. So this crowd reaction would only be online. And I could see that a couple of weeks ago, but I think now with the way the story's gone and you have got Daniel Bryan who is playing into it. He is the good guy who's never going to get booed. So he might, not in this iteration, so he might as well go out and beat up Edge and beat up Roman Reigns and look vicious and look aggressive. And that's great. We don't often have people to get behind in WWE who show that aggression, that we're meant to cheer. Edge, I don't think he's going to get booed at WrestleMania like some people may have suggested a couple of weeks ago. I think it is still Edge at the end of the day. This is his first non-Rumble match in front of people in 11 years, uh, 10 years. So he's going to get a big uh, ovation. And Roman Reigns, what what a year he's had since coming back. He, a year ago... He walked off the WrestleMania card because he didn't think it was safe. He didn't want to take that risk. And now here he is about to main event WrestleMania and the perception of him is so different. It's it's crazy. He's going to be the most over he's ever been. Uh, this has got all the makings of a great match in ring, but with great storytelling elements that we've had of Roman's matches the last few months. Yeah, this is this is a proper WrestleMania main event. And now this isn't the first time it's happened. Uh, it happened at WrestleMania 20 and then again at 30 where, um, you know, uh, a, a third participant is sort of inserted into what is traditionally a match that the winner of the Royal Rumble has earned. And I know sometimes that can bother the purists, you know, don't, you know, if you win the Rumble, it should be your match and your match. alone. does it bother you that they have, uh, you know, put Daniel Bryan in here to sort of change the story a bit? Not really. Not not particularly. I do see the argument, but I'm not so precious over it that I would flat refuse it. The story that they've created or fallen into, depending on which way you look at it, has been compelling enough that it's got round the it's got round the obstacle of the Royal Rumble win, and that has been incorporated into the storyline as well. Edge has been unhappy that he won the Rumble when he's not getting this shot. So I understand the point of view, but it's not something I subscribe to myself. For me, it feels very organic getting to this spot. And it's interesting because, Mike, you were saying about the the crowd reaction, which is odd because we don't have real crowds. But just from watching the weekly TV, it my kind of opinion of the match has shifted. And sure, I'm not there vocalising it, but it has felt organic. And it feels way more organic than, say, when Charlotte, Becky, Ronda was made a three-way. Uh-oh. We might have an issue here. I'm still recording the whole thing, so I do have your audio. For whatever reason, my uh, audio cut out here. So thank goodness we've got the backup. We can we can keep going. And I'm almost done. 
Um, so yeah, sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off there mid sentence. I just had a bit of a heart attack <laughs> again, Justin, I know you're probably over there listening, going, no, he did it again. Uh, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, so I'll let you finish your thought there. If you had anything else to say. Yeah. When Charlotte, Becky Ronda was made the triple threat, it, it felt very shoehorned. It felt like, ah, oh, we need to get Charlotte in here. And this is now the match. This has felt way more organic and therefore I'm for it. And as much as I prefer singles matches, one of the best triple threat matches, well, sorry, one of the best Mania main events ever was the triple threat from WrestleMania 20. And I think this is going to be a better match than the singles match would have been. Yeah, that singles match was just sort of built on spear versus spear was the idea coming out of the Rumble. Um, I think realistically, you could have got to this point or done something else without either one of them winning the Rumble. You could have had someone on Raw win the Rumble. You could have had... It could have just been done differently for those purists who may have a problem with this. But for the most part, yeah, it's fine, isn't it? it there's no one moaning about it. Uh, how many days out are we? Five days out. No one has a problem anymore, so... All right, well, uh, I think this brings me to my last question, and that's who is going to win the big match. Ooh. Think and want are different things. <laughs> think Edge, I want Roman to win. You see, I... Just to sort of cap off that year he's had. I just think they're going to they're gonna give it to Edge for a, a feel-good moment. I think Daniel Bryan has been added because they don't have much else for Daniel Bryan, and he does add a lot of value to the match. But I think this is Edge, although I, I don't think... It, it makes sense. They have real lightning in a bottle here of Roman Reigns. I think it would be stupid to, to end it now. There's no point for me, but I, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But I will mark out if Roman wins on Sunday night. <laughs> I, Edge is the one I can see not winning. Um, I, it's between Brian and Roman for me. I could see Brian tapping out Edge, and therefore you're kind of protecting Roman, and I can see uh, coming out of this a bit of a Brian and Edge singles match and maybe the, the Roman rematch at some point. Um, I, I kind of think Roman should win, though. Uh, I think he's having a hell of a run and I think there's way more juice in it. And, I mean, people keep talking about The Rock for next year to try and fill that stadium. I'd love to see it. Obviously, schedules, movies, insurance, all that get in the way. Um, but I think you have... Roman retain until next year if you're going with that match. Kev, what do you think? Um, I mean, it's really hard again because I haven't been following the product um, as much, but I think I think you're, you're right that it, it almost should be Roman just because of, again, what he's done, what he's sort of finally, it took so many years for WWE to sort of get this character right. And, you know, it's amazing that the loudest cheer he would ever receive at a WrestleMania would be while he's the biggest heel in the company. And it's just amazing to have been there over all these years where they were really trying to force feed him down everyone's throats and people were rejecting him and rejecting him. And now uh, most people, sorry, Mike put his hand up there. And it's true. He's been a diehard Roman guy since, since the shield days. But uh, yeah, I just think, it should be him. I can also see why Edge winning, you know, is th that kind of WrestleMania moment too, right? To come back from what he did and all the way up to the championship. And and it's not like that has felt forced. He's looked amazing. He's probably in the best shape he's ever been in physically, like in his life. He just looks incredible. And so 
as a reward for all the hard work he's clearly put in. Uh, yeah, I just really hope it's not obvious. I hope it's an exciting sort of many, many, uh, you know, false finishes and, and we just get a really exciting match. And, and again, I, I really hope the crowd does add to the atmosphere for that. Yeah, it seems like a match where the crowd will... Because we're looking at seven match nights per night. Uh, I think the crowd will be energetic for it. I think no matter what comes before it, this match is so hyped, as you say. I don't think it is obvious. I don't think anyone's certain with who's winning, and it should lead to a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, it, it is almost a benefit to be able to split up the card rather than you know having these... Five, I mean, we've, we've seen some pretty long shows. We've been in those stadiums from three in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night, it's felt like sometimes. And so to split that up and like you said, keep that crowd fresh. I think it, is this something we're going to see going forward for years to come? Are we going to get the, the two night WrestleManias? Do you think? I, I don't think so. It, it doesn't look like that's the case for the next two years. Dallas is a, a huge stadium to fill as well. Um, that's a good point. That's and- a good point. And they're going to be able to fill it, you know, like they, they should by next year no, not have restrictions on a third capacity or a half capacity. They're going to want to go full capacity. And oh, I yeah. don't, and I don't it, think they could do it for two nights in Dallas. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, they could probably do it this year. I mean, they just had 42,000 people at a, a Texas Rangers ball game. So they're they're pretty loosey-goosey with the mm. rules down there in Texas. So, uh, yeah, no, that's I didn't even think about how difficult it would be to to fill up what is arguably one of the biggest stadiums in North America for two separate nights. That's a, that's a really good shout there. They haven't sold out this year's mania yet. They're still pushing tickets. Yeah, and that's true. Are they? We're not, we, you now know, they we're going for, what are they going for? Half capacity or 25,000 per night. I don't know what the capacity that's, is of that stadium. So it's about a third. I'd say that's about a third per stadium that size. So, uh, that'll still give, you know, I mean, I saw WrestleMania 22 with 17,000 fans in a tiny little all-state arena. So, mm. uh, you know, your 22,000 fans will still make it feel like a big deal, I think. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I think it's time to wrap this up. Let's hit this show with our finisher and put it down for the three count. Mike and Dave, I cannot thank you enough for joining me as we get ready for the biggest event on the wrestling calendar. Uh, Mike, before we go... Remind viewers where they can find you and uh, take this opportunity to plug anything you're working on or have coming up. And now, guys, just remember, this show will be on Saturday. We'll be going posting on Saturday. Uh, Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Kev. This is truly, you know, WrestleMania season now. It feels like we're we're definitely there. I know uh, we're basically on the eve of WrestleMania now. Uh, But, yeah, this has put the cherry on it. So if you want to see my strange wrestling takes like that, you might be thinking... This Roman Reigns fan, I'm not into that. But uh, I'm, at Hogan, I'm at Hogan Bay on Twitter. Um, I'm on the watch along for night two of WrestleMania, I believe, on the Twitch. Um, head over to the Twitch. There's lots of great things on the Up Next Twitch. I do a movie show with John Cena every Friday night called The Other Guys, where we just riff on the week in film and TV. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much for having me, Kev. It's been great. Uh, and David, what a debut. Uh, you're the king of wrestling podcasts. Uh, so again, it was a true honor to have you on the show today. Uh, so why don't you remind listeners where they can find you and let them know what you guys are working on uh, these days. Absolutely. Yeah, you can find us by searching Up Next wherever you find your podcast. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, all the apps you can find us. U-P-N-X-T. We do weekly NXT and AEW reviews immediately after the show airs, uh, and you can join us for them live on twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast. 
And then we do all these watch-alongs on our Twitch, um, including every WWE pay-per-view as they happen. Kev, you're always invited to join us for a watch-along. They're a lot of fun, uh, especially during these empty arena times when we're all stuck at home. It kind of does give that kind of crowd atmosphere. I'm not kidding. It's They're a lot of fun. Um, and then on our Patreon, patreon.com slash up next, we record a whole load of other podcasts. We're going back in time and working our way through every NXT episode starting from 2012. We do random movie reviews on there. We've talked about Back to the Future, The Godfather, The Room, Spider-Man 3. We're all over the place. Um, and then talking about old wrestling pay-per-views, shows dissecting our favourite matches of all time. It gets super nerdy. Uh, that's patreon.com slash up next. Um, or just follow us on our socials. We're always letting you know what we do at Davy Portman and at Up Next Podcast. Thank you, Kev. Amazing. Thank you, guys. I can't wait to do this again next year. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll do it live and in person, a special live and in person show from Dallas. Um, but uh, to everyone listening, we really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I do want to apologize if the audio sounds a bit off. Uh, Justin left me in charge of recording this week's episode and it was a terrible decision. We knew it was going to be. So fortunately we had Mr. Portman there to uh, save the day, but uh, if things sound a little off and not quite up to uh, our usual standards, uh, you can always blame me. Uh, but we did, we do hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did make sure to subscribe to us, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts, please be a Dave Meltzer and give us a generous five-star rating. We are Geekcentric and you can be too, which means you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash Geekcentric. Uh, we've got uh, an older fun box in there, uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. And we look at some uh, some of the wrestling pops from my collection. It's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, my absolutely terrible Vince McMahon impression is a, a personal highlight for me. So uh, please go check that out. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT and follow us on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Uh, stay tuned for our Oscar prediction and results shows, which will be coming up over the next few weeks. And then uh, remember, we'll be dropping our watch club for the fourth episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier on Monday. Until then, ring the bell. This one is all over. Stay home safe, guys.